Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Delperg Podcast. My name is David Delpergatorio, and I'll be your host. I'm a 19-year-old college student who is attending the University of South Florida and is seeking a degree in mass communication. And with that degree, I hope to pursue my dream as a sports writer. And that's kind of what this podcast is as well. It's it's a way for me to pursue my dreams of talking about sports every day for the rest of my life. And this podcast is really just a great way for me to dip my toe into the sports industry and to talk about something I love. I've been a sports fan ever since I can really remember. Um, I've watched the NFL with my parents forever, the NBA I got into with some of my best friends, and uh, and I've played golf for since I was seven years old. Um, sports is a huge part of my life and everything about it. So, of course, I want to do it as a career, and I want to talk about it for the rest of my life. Um, this podcast is going to consist of the, um, those sports, mostly w- whether it be football, basketball, and golf, and maybe a few sports here and other sports here and there. But um, the main structure of this podcast will be I will be discussing a topic, whether that be something um, now or in the past or just anything that would be relevant to talk about. And then I'll bring on a guest um, to help me talk about it and maybe even have some cool arguments here and there just to really talk about the, the games that we love. Um, and without further ado, welcome to, my, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the first segment. Welcome to the first segment of the Delberg Podcast, and in this segment we're going to be discussing the NBA and the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors did, in fact, gentlemen sweep the Mavericks 4-1, to one. and honestly, the series was never really competitive. The Warriors, to me at least, were always the better team going into it and leaving the series. Um, it was Luka gave his best effort, I would say. He really tried to beat the Warriors by himself. I mean, he really didn't have any other help besides Spencer Dinwiddie, and if you count that as like real, real help, um, Luca was alone. And, and even then, Luca doesn't play a ton of defense, so the Warriors were just really open to do whatever they wanted on offense, and it really showed, especially in Game Five. So, a couple takeaways I had from the game. Um, let's start with the Warriors. Um, the Warriors are back. The Splash Brothers are back. Clay Thompson is back. The Warriors just have amazing chemistry. Amazing chemistry. Some of the best I've ever seen in NBA history. Just the way they move the ball, how much fun they have playing basketball. It just it's just an amazing thing to watch and it's beautiful. And and on top of that, in game 5, you're not beating the Warriors when they have the, that chemistry and the momentum of the crowd. That crowd goes wild whenever they are home and winning. If if one of them hits a three, the crowd will go crazy. The momentum will instantly swing the other way. Like, for example, in that third quarter, when Luka was starting to make a run and it was a 16-2 to two run in the, in the end of the third quarter, the fourth quarter came right back around. Clay Thompson said, you know what? No, I'm going to make a three. Makes a three, completely switches the momentum. It's like... Luca's run never even occurred. It's it's just a wild thing. Clay Tom- speaking of Clay Thompson, in my opinion, he's back. He dropped 37 points in game 5 and just went off. He is he's one of the best two-way players in the NBA 
and people saying that he is that he has declined heavily are just wrong. I mean, Clay has been Clay may have had a rough year, but I think it was all a warm up and a, and a way to get his body in shape for the playoffs. And obviously, it's it's paying off with that game six against Memphis he had, and now this game five. 37 points in a closeout game to go to the finals, that is clutch. Um, and the specific example of this is um, at 245 left in the fourth. I was like, it was really, a, it was like a, it was like a 10 point game. You know, the, the Mavericks didn't have exactly a great chance, but with Luca, you can never really count them out unless it's like the end of the game. You know what I mean? And Clay Thompson was like, nope, I'm done with this. And he goes, goes down, hits a three, makes it a 13 point game. That's it. That's the dagger stabbed him right in the heart. They had no, nothing left after that. The Mavericks decided to put in their bench warmers and called it a game. So Clay Thompson is just extremely, extremely clutch. And why I say the Splash Brothers are back? Because they are clutch together. They When they need to close out a game, they do. Obviously, they, they in, the, in game four, it didn't really work out. They weren't able to sweep them. But I think that at home, the Warriors are extremely hard to beat. With that momentum of the crowd and just how they all feed off of each other with that chemistry, it's insane. It's insane. The Warriors, I knew, I pred- as I predicted, as Noah Fairville, as he, he will come on after this and we'll be talking about this game and the series along with Joe Anasio. But he, he, he is my witness. I did say they would win in five. So I was right about this series. Um, let's move on to the Mavericks and what are they really going to do from here? I mean, Luca is just, you got to build around Luca. You got to give him something to work with here. I mean, the man is just one of the best offensive players I've ever seen. In game five, there was a point where he was choking, and I, I had was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is like the first half, I would say, and he was just not playing well at all. I was like, this can't be real. I mean, I've, I've only seen Luca be clutch, and and seeing him like choke a bit was a little scary for me, but he did turn it up in the th- in the second half and in the third quarter, so I will give him that. But with that glimpse, that's a little scary. You gotta be gotta be careful there, Luca. I don't I don't want him to become um, have the comps of to Mello like Colin Cowherd has been doing. He's been referencing Mello, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, just all people who didn't really ever win in the playoffs. And I really hope Luca doesn't get there. But a better comparison to me, for me, I would say to Luca, is LeBron and a young LeBron with the Cavaliers when he went to the finals all by himself and played against the Spurs and got um and got swept. Just he, it was a tough finals for him and it was a tough Western Conference finals for Luca because he had no one around him to help. And if the Mavericks can just focus on getting him a good rim protector and someone he can roll to the rim with and help him out on defense. The Mavericks could go to the finals next year. It's very possible. I like I like their coach. I like Jason Kidd a lot. And I, I think that it's it's working out for them. I think they're stepping in the right direction as long as Luca is able to keep his body in shape and is able to really hone his game down even more and maybe try a little bit more on the defensive end. The Mavericks are a good team. It just they just weren't able to play against the Warriors. I mean the Warriors are just a better team than the Mavericks. That's just the bottom line of it in, in pretty much every aspect. You could say Luka was the best player in the game, and I, I would most likely agree with that, But or in the series, I should say. 
But in, in the end, team play is more important than individual play as the game is not individual. It is a team game. And even even some of the greatest of players could not beat the Warriors. And Luka just fell short of that. All right, we're going to be moving into the NFL portion of the podcast. And so for this portion, I just want to give a little recap of the NFL offseason. The offseason in this NFL season was really, really, really good. We had a lot of trades happen. We had a lot of good free agency signings. And a a bunch of teams definitely improved. Um, A team that really stuck out to me that won the offseason would definitely be the Denver Broncos. With the pickup of Russell Wilson, Randy Gregory, and a tight end Greg Dolchitz as hi- highlighting their their offseason additions, um, really Russell Wilson is just speaks for himself. I mean, that's a you got their franchise quarterback now for the next ten years at least, and I mean the Broncos are set. And honestly, they did not give up a whole lot of value for that. They have a couple picks and Noah Fant and an offensive lineman. And honestly, Noah Fant has been replaced by Greg Dolchitz, so. I really don't see a problem there at all. I mean, the Broncos definitely just, they they won for sure. Absolutely. They did great this offseason. And so just to preface this, I am a Jets fan. So, but, but this is not really any different in a way than I would be degrading any other team. But the Jets did win the draft, in my opinion. And this is just the truth. They picked up Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson all in the first round. They were all ranked top eight in the draft, and they got Jermaine Johnson at 26. 26. That's a steal. And they picked up um, tight end CJ Uzumanzoa from the Bengals, and he's a great tight end. He's perfect for them. I mean, the Jets just really improved all around here in the draft. I mean, free agency was a little lackluster, but we also – did really good in the draft, so I'm not I'm not worried about that. Um, the Jets should be a better team next year, I will say. I wouldn't say the best, but definitely expect six or seven wins from them. I would, and that's no bias right there, because truly, uh, that's just truly what I believe. Trust me. <laughs> and so another takeaway I had from the offseason is that the Bucks are going to be back. The Bucks with Brady are going to be really, really good just because they're going to have that pressure of it being Tom's last year. So everyone everyone on the team is going to try and go the best they can to get their GOAT one last ring. And honestly, they did not lose a ton on offense. They they just really, they picked up another wide receiver to go along with um, Mike Evans, and they didn't lose a whole lot. They extended Chris Godwin. And I think that the team is going to be back just like it was a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Maybe just maybe a little bit worse, but the that pressure of it being Tom's last year is going to put them over the edge. Absolutely. Um, another take I have for sure is that the Giants are going to be the worst team in football. And it just sucks to say, but they are not going to be a good football team at all. Their best pickup was um, Kayvon Thibodeau in the draft, and they did have a good draft for sure. But... They just they need they're delaying the inevitable with Daniel Jones. As you'll hear as more, more as we talk about the NFL and with the Giants, I am a big disbeliever in Daniel Jones. I think he is not a very good quarterback and the Giants are just delaying their future of po- possibly making the playoffs by keeping him around. 
and keeping him as a starting quarterback. So I think there'll be turmoil for sure in New York. And with Brian Dayball stepping in as new coach, it's going to be a little awkward with um, Daniel Jones and him because he didn't drop Daniel Jones. So, and he's probably going to want to get his own quarterback, you know, that to call his own and be like, Oh, I rebuilt the giants here. No, I didn't come in and fix what they had. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that that's definitely my, the giants take I have. It just, they just aren't going to be a good team. And I don't be, don't be surprised if they are a bottom five team easily. Another take I'd have from the off season is the chiefs and, this may surprise some people, but I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. And I know, I know, I know. he lost. They lost Tyreek Hill, and uh, people definitely believe that Patrick Mahomes may be a little worse. And I, I can give in on that a bit, but but they did pick up Juju Smith-Schuster, who is a great two. He's a fantastic two. Maybe not a one on in, in Pittsburgh, but he was a t- he can, he's a great two, especially alongside... Um, alongside the other receivers they have there and especially along Travis Kelsey, I should say um, the chiefs are just going to be just fine with Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be great. You know, you can never not be bad when you have Patrick Mahomes on the defense, on the offensive side of the ball. And they're going to now with this cast base that they didn't have to pay Tyree kill with, they were able to get some defensive pieces and to help Patrick Mahomes win, win more Think about how many times has Patrick Mahomes had to climb the Chiefs out of a hole that the defense made? So many times. So now the Chiefs are going to be a more well-rounded team. And yes, they don't have the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, and they are going to be fine. The only issue there is that the tough division they have, so it will be a little bit difficult for them to make their way through, but... I think in the end they will win the division and they'll they'll probably they'll probably be in the AFC championship. But I mean, got to watch out for those Broncos though. They did win the offseason. And welcome to the next segment of the Delperg podcast. It is my pleasure to welcome on my best friend Noah Farabee. What's up guys? I'm glad to be here on the Delperg podcast. A little Del P action here in the stew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Give, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us. Tell the viewers. What... Oh man. Well, there's a lot to love. Um, I'm a big basketball guy. Big basketball fan. Um, probably been watching the NBA for the last I don't know, like eight nine years, maybe even longer than that. I don't know. I'm not that conscious. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, 19 years old. Trying to uh, work my way up in politics. Absolutely, sir. I love to see it. Love to see it. Thank you. Uh, and I'd love to hear your takeaway on the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, there was a Game Seven. Obviously, the Celtics came out on top, but I'd love to hear what was your biggest takeaway from the series and even that game as well. The Eastern Conference Finals. Hmm. <sighs> biggest takeaway is that Jason Tatum is a stud. He is a bona fide star. He has been NBA ready, but honestly, I think the spotlight's built for him. Um, another big takeaway that I had was Jalen Brown, he is an amazing player, don't get me wrong, but he needs to come up in the big moments for the Celtics to win because honestly, if it wasn't for him, Marcus Smart, I mean, even Al Horford stepping up defensively, like, you know, Jason Tatum. 
Marcus Smart and Al Horford. I know I know Jalen Brown had like what 23 points that game. Like the sad thing about it is you're not gonna get that out of him every night. I wish you did. I think he has the potential to be a Paul George on the Pacers type of player, but you're gonna have nights where he's gonna shoot like three of nine and go for 14 points. I mean, you look at the game, uh game six, he missed crucial free throws to, you know, help the C's get up a little bit or just even tie the game. I mean, you just got to be better, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't mean to put it so bluntly, but, like, you know, he's a young guy. He still has room to develop and grow, and he's an amazing player, like I said, but I don't know. Jalen Brown needs to step up for the Celtics to win, especially in this Warrior series because they're veterans. They've got the young talent, too. You have Jordan Poole, who honestly reminds me of a younger Steph Curry, like, you have too much star power on that team. Everyone has to step up. You can't just, like, let it go to waste, you know? He's a very talented guy. I can't let that go to waste. I completely agree with that. And I have the same takeaway, in a way, from the Celtics series, but I actually want to talk about the Heat a little bit. Okay. And all I, need to, all I wanted to say is the Heat need to give Jimmy Butler some help. That man carried them on his back for that entire series. And even in that game seven, people can criticize all he wants about that last shot, but that was the right shot to take, pull up from three. The best shot you were going to get on any play either way. So all I think the Heat need to do if they really want to make a finals run is to get a second star beside him. He can't be the only person who can score on that team. And obviously Bam had a fantastic night. I'm not discrediting him at all. But he just needs to be more consistent on the offensive side. And on, it's not even Jimmy's fault at all. I don't want. I hope people don't blame him for this loss, because he really poured his heart out, and he has been pouring his heart out. As for the Celtics, I think the reason they ended up winning that game seven was because Jalen Brown stepped up, and because yeah. Marcus Smart stepped up. As you said, I agree. They they were able to really put together a team win, and they were barely able to hold off Jimmy. Yeah. Barely. That's Literally what. That, Exactly. That that's what scares me about the Celtics, at least going into the next series. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think that it was a great series overall, and the better team overall team did win. But the Celtics are we got to be a little worried about them going into the finals. And for the Heat, just please get another star around Jimmy. Otherwise, say goodbye to him in a few years because he's not going to want to stay there. Now I've got something I want to tell you in a second, but I just want to go back to your point about Jimmy hitting the go ahead three. I think it was the right play. Absolutely. The Heat were gassed. I mean, oh, they yeah. were pretty much trying to come back the whole game. They finally got to it. Jimmy Butler wanted to win the game. He wanted to hit the dagger. And I don't see anything wrong with having that mentality. Michael Jordan would have done the same thing. LeBron would have done the same thing. Look at any bona fide superstar. They would have done the same thing. I mean, God forbid if Jason Tatum was in that situation, he probably would have done the same thing. Yes, you had a wide open layup. Or I would even I would even say layup. Yeah. Let's say that like not a wide open layup, but you had a good chance at making a layup. Possibly. But I mean, he wanted to win the game. You don't I don't see the Heat winning it over time. No I'm way. sorry, but I mean they were they were gassed. Jimmy Butler played all but two minutes in the last two games of the series. He was gassed. He wanted to win the game. You you can't just take it over time and stretch it out. I mean, yes, I could see like, oh, I want to, uh, you know, it's one game. We're going to win this game in overtime. We're going to stretch it out as long as possible because it's only one game in a game seven. But then you got to think, what is it, three days later? You, If the Heat made the finals, 
They're playing the Warriors three days. The Warriors just had a week of rest. The Warriors are a mile ahead of the Heat. Like, you don't give Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, even freaking Andrew Wiggins, you don't give that guy rest. Exactly. You don't do that. That's not nope. And that's a perfect tie-in um, to my next question for you. I just really want to hear what you have to say about the Western Conference Finals. And as you guys have already heard in the podcast, I have some really strong feelings about the Warriors and how Luka hopefully does not turn into that star that never wins and like James Harden or so to speak. But I just want to hear what was your biggest takeaway. And another question for you, are you worried about Luka at all? I'm going to go with the second question first. No, I am not worried about Luka Doncic. He is a amazing player. I Luka Magic. That's all I got to say. I mean, how old is he? 23, He's, he's got to be 20, 23, maybe. He's young. He's young. And he's putting up 45.7 rebounds, 7 assist game in the freaking Western Conference Finals. Who does that? That has not been done in such a long time. I mean, he's putting up Michael Jordan, LeBron James numbers. He I, he needs help. Same with Jimmy Butler. You're exactly. Not, you're not going to win a series with – Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, two guards. Look at that, the big three. I mean, the Warriors have a big three guards, but they have Jordan Poole comes off the bench. Sometimes they'll start him in the lineup. But Clay Thompson is versatile. He's a two-way player. He can play small forward. He's tall. He's a good defender, even for only being, you know, 85% of himself. I mean, these playoffs, he's been amazing. That's a big takeaway I wanted to point out. But, I mean, no, Luka is fine. He in, in himself is fine. So the fact that he even won a game against these Warriors is amazing. That's like LeBron winning a game against the Kevin Durant Warriors. Exactly. I mean, even though JR messed that up, I mean, you know, um, it, it's big. It's huge. And for the Mavericks being so inexperienced and just coming off the Porzingis trade, literally you have three guards as your big three. And Spencer Dinwiddie's coming off an almost career-ending injury. He was having an offseason in the Wizards. Comes to the Mavericks as a bucket. Jalen Brunson somehow turned into freaking Chris Paul on crack. And next thing you know, he's putting up points like God knows what. I mean, they're a great team. They're a young team, too. They just need a star. And, I mean, you know, they have a future ahead of them. But the Warriors, their time is now. They need to win it now. You know, everyone's getting older. Draymond Green, I mean, he's – I personally think he's the second, like, quote-unquote best player on the Warriors just because I think he's the most influential to the team. I think that, yes, Steph and Clay can win a game by themselves, but they're not going to win a series without Draymond. And so that's where I think is, like, moving forward, you don't want to lose, you know, Draymond Green essentially in the end of his prime. You don't want to lose Steph Curry in the end of his prime, even though I think he's going to shoot out the roof until he's 45. You don't want to lose Clay Thompson who's coming off an injury, like – your time to win is now. And you're not really going through a rebuild, but you have the pieces to go through a rebuild. I'm saying they win now, build the young guys up, and they're going to create another dynasty. I mean, given that no huge superstar trade goes about the NBA. I mean, it's the Warriors, man. They're just – never really know what the Warriors do you. Exactly. <laughs> nah, man, I feel you with that. Um, they're just the Warriors. That's – that's that's all. That's their window right now. Right now is the best time for them to win. They were they were able to get through the West pretty easily, and I mean not easily so to speak, but at least in the Western Conference, it only took five games. And now they have a rest going into the finals to play against the Celtics. 
It's it's their time. They need to take game one and they need to run away with the series. And Steph Curry needs to get Finals MVP for his legacy. Even though I don't I don't think he needs it, but I know the media and every and everyone else on Twitter, NBA Twitter, you know all that stuff. They really need him to win it to solidify him as a top point guard in history. But I don't know, man. The it's time. The Warriors only have a couple year window left. I mean, Steph obviously, as you said, will play forever, yeah. forever. Yeah. But you I mean Draymond's getting a lot older. Clay has had so many injuries. It's just it's getting a little rough here. But I, that moves us into the next segment, actually, about um, the Western about the about the finals, so to speak. Um, what are your predictions? What What do you think is going to happen in the Warriors Celtics series? Well, I just want to say before we move on. That's that, fine. You know, Steph Curry, he's got a great legacy. He just won Western Conference Finals MVP. First one ever. First one ever. You know, he's cemented up with Wilt Chamberlain. He never did that. So, <laughs> I mean, Marcus Smart did something Bill Russell couldn't do and win a Defensive Player of the Year. Then anything's possible, as Kevin Garnett once said. Absolutely. So, uh, you asked for my finals prediction. I did. Oh, boy. Um Warriors in five. Five? Warriors in five. I wanted to say six because, honestly, I want to, I want to give the Celtics the benefit of the doubt. But I just think they're too young, man. I mean, it, they're not – I don't want to say they're inexperienced because, I mean, God forbid if it wasn't for LeBron, they would have been in the finals like twice now. Well, three times including this one. But, like, I don't know. I just don't think they have really the experience the Warriors do. I mean – Look at Steph Curry. You look at Clay Thompson. You look at Draymond. I mean, they've been in the finals numerous amount of times. You have Iggy on the bench, who's an amazing locker room guy. I, they just they got it, bro. Six times in eight years. They got it. Six times in eight years. I know that's crazy. They're a dynasty. They're just like that, dude. The, those boys in Golden State are dogs, and the Celtics. You got a couple dogs on there. You got Al Horford. You got Marcus Smart. But I mean, yeah, what well, Jason Tatum, obviously. But like. Who are your good role players on the Celtics? It's just not enough. Peyton Pritchard is not going to guard Jordan Poole. Mark Smart? Robert Williams. Well, Robert Williams, I'll give him credit because he's a good defender. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. He's very good. I mean, great guy. Very young. Yeah. Not very good on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you you can kind of look at him as a Clint Capella type of guy. He can maybe give you like 10 and 15 on a night with a couple blocks, but like, you know, the scoring is not his strong suit. Great on the defensive end, but you look at the Warriors. It's like a bazooka taking on a guy with a pistol. I mean, a guy with a pistol can obviously kill a guy with a bazooka, but I mean, you got to be in close range. No, Nine tens out of time, you're just going to nuke the guy with a pistol. And that's what the Warriors' firepower is like. You have Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time. Clay Thompson, debatably the second or third greatest shooter of all time. You have Draymond Green, who's statistically speaking one of the best defenders of all time. Great locker room guy. Iguodala, who, I mean, he's kind of washed now, but he can still give you a couple steals, a couple blocks. I mean, the Warriors have it all. They have defense. They have offense. They have leadership. They have youth. They have veterans. They've got great coaching. I mean, the Celtics just got a new coach. Udoka's great. Great coach. But. He's new. It's his first year. Yeah. 
It's his first year. Steve Kerr has been around for a long time. What was his What was his thing that we watched on the TV? It was like first coach to go to two game, first rookie coach to go to two game sevens. Yeah, exactly. That's he, crazy. Yeah, great coach, but it's essentially a whole new team. I mean, he, Jason Tatum still a young guy. Jalen Brown still a young guy. Still going back to my point. I just he's an all star, great player. He's just gotta you know if he wants to be a, if the Celtics want to win this, they need two superstars. And they don't. They really don't have the super the two superstars that will always be there for you, just like Steph and Clay will. And I agree with you on most of that. The Celtics, yes, they are a little young compared to the Warriors. Oh yeah. Compared to them, yes, they yes. they are very under um, less experienced, but they have been around a long time. They've been put, cracking the door open a bit to the finals, and they finally were able to open the door. Now it's just time for them to really crack down and try and win this thing now. But unfortunately, the Warriors, as I said already, six out of eight years, they've been the finals. They've been the finals. That is and it's is a crazy stat. And the, it's time. It's They're not going to be good enough to beat the Warriors. And they just don't have the team. They, I don't think that the, they'll, their defense will be able to keep up with the offense. And honestly, the real battle will be the Celtics' offense versus the Warriors' defense which I don't think people are talking about as much because the Warriors defense is extremely underrated. Oh, I agree. And seeing, seeing um, Jason Tatum go up against Clay Thompson will be a very good um, and exciting matchup. And, but personally, I think that Clay has just had so much finals experience and Jason Tatum has zero finals experience. And in the end, it might just get the better of them. And, and for my prediction, I just got to go Warriors in six. And I, I give them an extra game than you just because I think at home they'll snag a game. They'll probably get one on the road on like game five or something, you know, or whatever. And I, that'll be it from there. I just don't see the Celtics overcoming the Warriors in any way possible. They, they don't, they're not as good of a team. They don't have as much experience that all the boxes check towards the Warriors. And that that's just, that's why they won't win. I 110% agree. I mean, let's say, for instance, you put the same players on both the Celtics and the Warriors. They're both the same team, but the different head coaches. I just think Steve Kerr out coaches Udoka either way. Oh, absolutely. And I think the Warriors culture, this is might be a hot take for some people, but I think the Warriors culture in recent years, I mean, I think it'll, you know, have the Celtics melt. I, I mean, yeah, you know, the Warriors are used to getting nagged on. I oh, mean, six of eight finals. Six yeah. of eight. They were the villains of the league for a long yeah, time. They're they're used to being hated. It's like the big three Heat going to. It's like the Heatles, absolutely. You know, going to play the Lakers. They're not going to get phased by a nope. bunch of people like LeBron haters saying, "Oh, Kobe's better." Yada yada. They're not going to get phased by that. I mean, come on, dude. The Warriors just built a culture straight from the ground up. The C's, they're used to it. But I, like I said, these young guys, bro, I don't think that they can take that heat. Nah, I don't think that can either. And I, Warriors and five, man. That's all I gotta say. I not saying I don't want the Celtics to, you know, even win. I think it'd be great for their culture. Their oh yeah, culture. But it'd be great for the league if the Celtics won another championship. They oh, haven't won sure. since two thousand and eight. Oh, for sure. That's, but it's Steph Curry. It is Steph Curry. It and is Steve Curry. It is the it Against is the Splash Jason Brothers. Tatum. They're back. As I said, they're back. Hey, Noah. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast, my friend. Appreciate you, man. Dude, of course.
that is the end of the Del Perg podcast, episode one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with me through my first podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you really enjoyed the sports content being shared. And let me know in the comments if you can, if there's any suggestions you have for me to improve. And have a great day. I'll see you all in the next one. Thank you.